Our Thanksgiving text for today will be Psalm number 81. Psalm number 81 for our Thanksgiving text. But we'll be looking at a couple other passages along the way. <coughs> when we first were working on this old building in 1989... I was walking through the two front doors there, and I felt something drip on the top of my head. Of course, I have a head you can feel drips on the top of. Uh, I thought it was water dripping on my head, but when I felt it was sticky, I realized it's not water, it was honey. And so we pulled off the trim piece that went over the two doors, and... uh, found that the wall cavity was full of honeycomb way up into the wall. The honeybees stuffed in it full over the years. And so we got five-gallon buckets to begin to scrape out the honeycomb. And we found that the bees had made their nests around little pieces of stained glass. As we pulled the honeycomb out, we found pieces of the original stained glass from 1854. Now in 1919, this church put in the windows you see here now, and to get rid of the old original glass, they threw it into the wall cavity. And that frame you see up over the clock there (coughs) was made from those pieces of glass that we pulled out with the honeycomb. And the side walls are still filled with honeycomb that's been there for years. Sam Barber was replacing some old siding up in the front, and I saw honey dripping out between the cracks of the wood just a couple weeks ago. Bees make a place to store their honey with a waxy substance that they produce from their own bodies. And we call it honeycomb. And the bees collect pollen from various flowers and they make honey. It's something God gave the bees the ability to create. And we humans have never been able to make artificial honey. They found honey in one of Pharaoh's tombs. It was 4,000 years old and still good. One of God's examples of his creative genius, the honeybee has filled a special place in the history of the Bible. It was God who spoke to Moses from the burning bush who first mentioned honey. And he said this, Moreover, God said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, and I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and bring them up out of that land into a good land and large, into a land flowing with milk and honey. And that... God brings to our attention our Thanksgiving text for today. And we're looking at Psalm number 81 for our Thanksgiving text 
today. Psalm number 81. This is a special Thanksgiving psalm written by Asaph and not David. He was a musician in the church. And we start reading in verse number 1 for our Thanksgiving text. Psalm 81, verse 1. Sing aloud unto God our strength. Make a joyful noise unto the God of Jacob. Take a psalm. Bring hither a timbrel, the pleasant harp, and the psaltery. Blow up the trumpet in the new moon in the time appointed on our solemn feast day. For this was a statute for Israel, a law of the God of Jacob. Thus he ordained in Joseph for a testimony when he went out through the land of Egypt, where I heard a language that I understood not. I removed his shoulder from the burden. His hands were delivered from the pots. Thou callest in trouble, and I delivered thee. And I answered thee in the secret place of thunder, and proved thee at the waters of Meribah Salah. The celebration, we're told, the appointed day has arrived. It's a thanksgiving feast, and it's set to be celebrated for the Jews on the new moon. And God expects his people to get together and sing. <laughs> and he expects them not only that, but to arrange for full accompaniment. They are to have string instruments and trumpets and tambourines. And most of all, this is to be a very joyful feast. It's a happy celebration. They were to look back and see what wonderful things God had done for them and then be joyfully thankful for all that God had done in the past. Now the Bible story of what he did unfolds like this. The children of Israel had gone to Egypt to find food. Instead, they found their lost brother Joseph, who had by God's plan become the prime minister of Egypt. Joseph, who was made wise by God, stored food for seven years of bountiful harvest. And then when seven years of bountiful harvest were followed by seven years of famine, Egypt became the breadbasket of the whole world. Jacob's family went there for food and settled there in Egypt, and all was well for a little while. But the government changed hands. <laughs> we know about that, all right? And the Israelites were forced into slavery, and theirs was a bitter bondage, and as we read, God heard their prayers and sent Moses, go tell old Pharaoh, God says, let my people go. And Pharaoh said, who is God that I should listen to him? So God sent ten plagues on the land of Egypt. And when the ten plagues were over, Egypt lie in complete ruin. And Pharaoh said, get out, go, get out of here. And Moses and the Israelites left the Egyptian bondage, marched to the shores of the Red Sea. Pharaoh changed his mind, sent his army with horses and chariots to bring the slaves back. But God opened a pathway through the Red Sea, and they crossed over on dry ground. And when Pharaoh's army followed them into that pathway, God closed the pathway, and the entire army drowned in the Red Sea. And the Israelites sang and danced on the other shore. God has gotten us the victory, and the horse and rider he has thrown into the sea. Now, my friends, 
These Old Testament stories had a special design, a purpose beyond the story itself. These old stories were a picture not only of how God works, but also what he would do in the future. It was God's plan to deliver the Israelites from slavery and bondage. Then they were to follow him and do what he asked them to do. And then he would go further and lead them into the promised land, which he said was a land flowing with milk and honey. And if they would obey him and follow him, then he would do extra special things for them. Now in Psalm 81, we see what he promised to do in verse 13. All that my people had hearkened unto me, and that Israel had walked in my ways. I should soon have subdued their enemies and turned my hand against their adversaries. The haters of the Lord should have submitted themselves unto him, but their time should have endured forever. He should have fed them also with the finest of the wheat, and honey out of the rock should I have satisfied them. This promised land was a wonderful place. Green pastures with rich grass for grazing made it so that the cows would produce so much milk that it would run right out of a cow's udder. Now, when I was young milking cows with my Uncle Ed, uh, we occasionally had cows that were so full of milk that it would run out of their udder onto the floor. And Uncle Ed said, uh, hey... Hurry up and milk that cow. She's leaking. Get over there and get that milk before it goes on the floor. The cattle were full of milk in the promised land, and it was overflowing. Also in the promised land, the flowers were so numerous that the honeybee hives would also overflow. Now you see, my friends, Bees are naturally very ambitious, unlike humans who have a tendency to be lazy, bees work. And when the honeycomb is full to the top, they don't stop, they keep working until the honey runs out of the hive and begins to overflow like it did on my head, like it did through Sam's wall. And in the promised land, the bees used any place they could find to make a nest. Here, they did it in the walls of our bell tower. There, they used holes in rocks. Little pockets that occurred, maybe two or three rocks came together with a hole between them. Or sometimes just a hole occurred in a rock. And uh, once again, overambitious bees filled a honeycomb until it overflowed and came dripping down out of the rocks. And God's promise was that he would give them honey from the rock. So the picture painted by God is number one, freedom from bondage and slavery. Number two, follow me and do what I ask. And number three, I'll lead you to the place of special blessing, wonderful blessing, honey from the rock. Now, in the Psalms, David writes about a rock. And listen to what he says about the rock. 
I'm reading from Psalm 31. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in thy righteousness. Bow down thine ear to me. Hear me speedily. Be thou my strong rock for a house of defense to save me. For thou art my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for thy name's sake, lead me and guide me. Jesus was called the rock, the strong rock. And it was a good old hymn writer, and his name was Augustus Topaldi. And he wrote many years ago those now famous words, Rock of ages, cleft for me. A rock, Jesus, cleft, or there's a hole put into the rock, a split. Jesus was that rock who was wounded, that is, his body was cleft. Holes were driven into his hands, holes were driven into his feet, a spear was sunk into his side, rock of ages cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Let the water and the blood from thy river's side which flowed. We know that when they stuck the spear in his side, that water came out and blood. And we know from his hands and from his feet, blood came out. And the old writer says, Rock of ages, clap for me. Let the water and the blood from thy wounded side which flowed, be of sin a double cure. That rock was cleft for me. Out of his wounds flowed blood that cured two things for us. Number one, it's saved from wrath, he says. God looked down at me, and he was angry with my sin. And God was angry enough to send me to eternal hell, to burn forever. And Jesus stepped in, and the wrath of God was poured onto him, and not me. Not me. I've escaped God's wrath because Jesus stepped into my place and took it for me. That's the first cure The writer mentions, what's the second one? He said, to save from wrath and make me pure? Me. A born sinner who naturally is rebellion to God? You're going to make me pure? Yeah. Me. Me. Forgiven. Washed as white as snow. And like the Israelites, delivered from the bondage of sin and escaping the slavery of it and set free. Hallelujah. He has done two things. Stepped in to take my wrath and made me pure. Hallelujah to Jesus. I have been rescued from the slavery of sin by the rock of ages. Now he asks, will you follow me? And I say, yes. Yeah, lead on. But 
may I ask, where are we going? And God says, I got something better for you. Something better, it's a feast day. It's a day for joyful singing. And on that day, I want you to taste and see that the Lord is good. You have tasted the bitterness of sin, and it was harsh to your palate and disagreeable to your tongue. But now listen what I want to do. Psalm 81 and verse 10. I am the Lord thy God which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide and I will fill it. I like that on Thanksgiving Day. Open up wide. I do not intend to feed you with little crumbs and droplets of water. You will need to open up wide. I intend to fill you up the finest wheat. It's not some barley of poor quality and rough texture, but the finest wheat that grows in the promised land. The wonderful bread will have a great taste. I want you to have that. What did Jesus teach us? Pray to God and say this every day. Give us this day our daily bread. And Jesus straightened out our thinking. said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? Every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. What do we find when we look in God's word? Listen to the description that David gives us in Psalm number 19. The law of the Lord is perfect. Converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. <laughs> Sweeter than honey and the honeycomb. Follow God and his words will be your daily bread. And they are sweeter than honey. God's word is sweeter than honey. And so, this rock with a hole in it, this rock of age is cleft for me. Out of the rock comes honey. There's another word picture in the Old Testament that you might recall. Samson was God's superman. You remember him? And one day he killed a lion. The lion jumped and he grabbed him and he tore him open and he tossed him aside. And later on, when he went back to look at the dead lion, he found that the bees had made honeycomb inside the dead lion and it was full of honey. And so Samson made a riddle. Out of the eater came forth meat and out of the strong came forth sweetness. And that's the Old Testament picture of honey in the lion. So it is that the lion of the tribe of Judah, Jesus, victorious over the grave, crushing the powers of Satan in his strength. But now out of the strong, the lion comes forth sweetness. He has canceled the bitter taste. Death had a bitter taste. Death was a cause of much sorrow 
I have seen it over and over. Much sadness and much bitterness. Death was our number one enemy. But Jesus rose from the grave and he cried out, O death, where is thy sting? And O grave, where is thy victory? And the bitterness of death has been replaced by the sweetness of life and out of the strong has come forth sweetness. Death for those who believe in Jesus and who follow Jesus is nothing but a temporary separation. My great-grandmother named Ulin over in Norway when she was laying in the bedroom dying suddenly said, I see a light outside the window. And she died. My grandmother was there. My grandmother in Norwegian we call her Bestemor. Bestemor said that she put her hand on her mother's casket as they walked and carried it all the way to the cemetery a long way. And she sang as she walked with her hand on the casket. No bitterness, only joy, sweetness, honey from the rock of ages, honey out of the lion. And so it is, I buried my father, I buried my mother, I buried my sister, I buried my brother. No bitterness, but a sweetness that says, go on ahead, I'll be soon coming along, and I'll be there with you forever. There's no bitterness. The rock of ages has given me honey from the rock. And today... And today, we can taste it again in the celebration of thanks that God has appointed for us. We taste the sweetness of singing to God. And we sing as we sang this morning, Even so, Lord, quickly come to thy final harvest home. Gather thou thy people in, free from sorrow, free from sin. He's talking about taking us to heaven. And there forever purified, in thy presence to abide. Come with all thine angels, come and raise the glorious harvest home. He's talking about you and me. We gather here in love and we enjoy the sweetness. We will someday gather there in perfect health, in perfect peace, in perfect harmony, and we will sing with the rock of ages. In that old song, he wrote this, While I draw this fleeting breath, when my eyes close in death. When I rise to worlds unknown, see thee on thy judgment throne, rock of ages cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. So happy Thanksgiving. The rock of ages has set you free, and he leads you on. And he says, open your mouth wide, and I'll fill it with the bread of life, and with honey from a rock. And I'll replace the bitterness of life with a wonderful sweetness. So I want you, says God, to sing. To sing with joy. To celebrate with joyful things. The rock of ages overflows with sweetness. His ambitious nature has made a host of sweet things for us to enjoy. Think of all of his gifts. 
and be thankful for them and count your blessing. One of my favorite things, the moon and the stars. I look out every night in the middle of the night hoping to see them. And the beauty of creation, we have it here displayed for you from the beehive to the flowers, from the orange pumpkins to the colored corn. Thank God for his wonderful creation. And then the power of sin is broken and the sting of death removed. Thank God for that freedom he gives us. And then he made the church where people gather together, praise and worship and sing songs about Jesus. And he filled his church with willing workers, people who sing for you, people who uh, care for you and your children, people who cook for you, people who teach you the truth, people who care for your needs and who love you so much. Thank God for a living, breathing church. So let Jesus fill your soul and follow him and he will say to you, open your mouth wide and I'll feed you the bread of life and the living water and I will give you honey, honey from the rock. It's a day appointed. It's a day God set here on purpose so that we would thank God to be filled with gratitude, to share in the feast of love to God. And to each other, we say happy thanksgiving to you. May God bless you. And as my father always used to say, when someone said God bless you, he would say, he will if you let him. <laughs> the Lord will bless you if you follow him and do his will. So taste and see that the Lord is good. And on this Thanksgiving, let us enjoy honey from the rock of ages. Shall we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you've done for us. And down inside, we feel the gratitude rising up. We know we've been set free. We've been delivered from wrath and made pure. We know that the rock of ages has done so much for us. So we ask that we will have a warm heart as we share today in the good things you've provided. And bless us, Lord, and bring us the sweetest things that you have. We know that from the strong came forth sweetness. Bless us, Lord, everyone, on this special Thanksgiving Day. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In closing, I'd like you to turn in your hymn books with me. You will to page number 513. We plow the fields and scatter the good seed on the land, all good gifts around us are sent from heaven above. So thank the Lord for all his love. Standing as we sing. Page 513.
would be filled with thanks each and every day. We would not forget as we walk in through the Thanksgiving season, but also in through seasons afterwards, what blessings we have and that all good gifts have come at your hand. Lord, we are grateful for all of these things, from nature to all the beauty that is all around us, to every day our daily bread. And especially we thank you, Lord, for the great honey that comes from the rock of ages. We thank you for forgiveness. Though we do not deserve it, you have said, if we just believe, you will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we thank you for that promise from you. And we can believe the promises you've made us and that we will be in heaven with you if we only believe. We are thankful for all of these great promises. You have taken away the sting of death if we have you as our lead, as our lover, Lord, we are grateful for these things. And we thank you that you have loved our soul so deeply that you have done these things. Lord, we ask for thankful hearts, joyful minds. We pray that our hearts will be full of song as we go through this life. And we are thankful for all of these folks. Keep us all safe and protect us. Bring us back to this place with full hearts. In your name we pray. Amen. 